coming off there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yeah, we're back. Justician at 80. Joined as always, John Toots Tutor. Derek is back from the tour life. Derek, how was the traveling? Everything goes smoothly? Uh, for the most part. It was a tough weekend on the road, but I had to watch my bills from the from the car, and uh, it was uh, in the mountains of Virginia, so um, good amount mm. of buffering and a lot of frustration. Probably, probably was better off losing signal during that game anyway. Um, no. Yeah, I guess. I it was a know. weird one. I don't know. Miami Dolphins should lose draft picks, but we'll get into that. <laughs> I think they're going to get their doors blown off Thursday night. Yeah, they will. <laughs> they should lose draft picks. Tutor like that one. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like he sounds like me calling for some nineteen-year-old scholarship to be pulled because he missed two free throws that would have covered the spread. Yeah, I'm not even uh, worried about that. I'm just wondering just how that man's brains went from completely scrambled to a whole ass egg uh, yeah. during halftime. You know what? While we're at it, let's take the Dolphins' first-round draft pick for the next five years and let's kick Matt Milano out of the league for hitting him. <laughs> uh, uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, that was some some questionable calls in that game for sure. But uh, yeah, um, the NFL's weird this year, man. I don't know anyone making money. Yeah, I uh, had another had another big hit uh, Monday night from Mr. Barkley and Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that was a good one though. You like those. Yeah. The uh, so wait, what happened? You you brought up the Aaron Judge thing before we started, right? The, yeah, what yeah. so was that bet not attached to those ones that you took for the Monday night game for the Cowboys Giants? No, or was it the, two separate ones? No, it was two. So the Cowboys Cowboys Giants was Monday, Tuesday last night was the Judge stuff. Um, oh, I guess it's technically been three days, and there was stuff on on Monday. There, there was nothing. He didn't hit a home run. Um, Tuesday, they were doubling down. They gave uh, even money, uh, so plus money, for Judge to get a hit. Uh, most books were running that. FanDuel, Caesars, and DraftKings were running that. They're uh, just cleaning up on those Judge yeah, bets right now. But a lot of them had like limits, like a $10 bet or a $20 bet, basically. DraftKings, for me, was a $20 bet, so it would have been a nice $40 Winner, um, Aaron Judge proceeds to line out in the first at-bat and then gets walked four times after that. Um, one of them, I'm pretty sure, was an intentional walk. Um, and the sports books did an unprecedented thing and refunded everyone's bets. Not even a free bet. They straight up just refunded. But it shows a loss on my um, settled stuff, but I got my money back in my account. So. And you get a free write-off. Look at that. True. That's <laughs> wild. Honestly, if I was the sports books, I'd have told people to fuck off. Like, I can be. I can be. I can be in both camps on that one. I mean, I just the way I look at it, that's part of the game, right? And even the ones that don't look intentional are probably intentional at this point because nobody wants to give up that big home run to a hot hitter. But like, 
I don't know. You think about Barry Bonds, right? He could have had his home run. He could have had a home run record way sooner than he did, but that dude got intentionally walked. Like it felt like almost every time he went to the plate. And then when they did throw to him once every five games, he had a home run, but like that's part of the game. So, and that's gambling, right? Like you're betting on him getting a hit, knowing that there's a risk that, pitchers are going to want to pitch around him and not give him a ball to hit so to me that's just like I don't know like how is how is that not just a loss like I don't even think it's bullshit I just think it's that's a risk you're taking when you bet on yes he's going to get a hit tonight is you know that that's a possibility it's a very fair point Oh, bah humbug, Tudor. Heaven forbid I got my money back on a loss <laughs> on a loss bet. And no, I'm just here. I'm just saying I'm just saying like I'm happy that you got your money back over it. I'm just saying that like I think to sit here to sit there and for people to say like, oh, that's bullshit that um you know that that bet would have counted as a loss. It's like, no, it's not. That's part of the game. Like Oh, you, trust you me, know, I'm not complaining you know that, that it that's bullshit, but trust me, yeah. I would have probably not put any money towards the rest of the MLB season and we're about to go into the playoffs and I think that's why the sports books did it. Um there's mm. a lot they, they probably well, they do cuz they probably not... watched the drop off of money bet on MLB once the football season came around to probably oh, <clears> it was probably insane amounts of levels. And they probably made a fuck ton of money. I mean, just from, okay, just from this group alone, how much money did they make on baseball this summer? A lot. <laughs> I lost a lot of money on baseball this summer. <laughs> I didn't bet and on then, any baseball okay, this summer. Okay, so. but I'm saying, I, but I know a good amount of friends, my, my other group of friends that does. Oh, no, Derek, I'm with you. Everyone lost money on baseball. And for them to then just watch. And then now my friends are winning on football because football is a lot easier to bet on. And they're probably honestly hurting. They probably were watching. They were, I mean, not big (laughs) money, but but they're probably just really hurting. They're probably watching their profit, you know, their profit margins have probably significantly. Yeah, but but how many people. Anyone that's bet on the NFL this year, nobody's winning. Yeah, and that to to that point too though, how many people that were betting on baseball though are betting on football? Very high percentage, I would assume. Yeah, it just shifts, right? It's like yeah. it, to me, like so. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. That's one but. thing that that I think shifts a lot is gamblers aren't sports fans. Gamblers are gamblers. <laughs> so. If you if you're someone that likes to gamble, like when sports got shut down for COVID, I had a group of buddies. We had a group message going on. We were betting on virtual marble races. We were literally getting into a Zoom call and betting on that. Why? Because sports were done and this was our hobby, right? Gambling was our hobby. So it didn't matter if it was tier two Belgian soccer at nine o'clock in the morning clay court tennis at four o'clock in the morning because it was over overseas or if it was you know canadian football on a saturday it, it didn't matter like we were gonna bet it so it's like it's the same people gambling to benny's point whether it was baseball or now football you're not getting i think that drastic you're, you're certainly not getting a drop off but i feel like people that enjoy gambling on football they're not doing it because they're diehard football fans and that's all they care about. They're doing it because they're gamblers. And when football season ends, they just find another sport to gamble on. That happens to be baseball. Bingo. And then 
you know, it is what it is. But yeah, gamblers are gamblers. They're not sports fans. He's literally like the PR, like the union rep for fucking gamblers. With that, I mean, that's, that was that's completely agree. That was amazing. That's, that's how I've always looked at it. I mean, to me, <laughs> to me, I'm not the biggest. I used to be when I was a kid, and I'll tell people over and over again, I think gambling ruined it for me. Um, I used to be a massive football fan, and then I started gambling, and it's like now I don't even really consider myself that big of a football fan. I just watch because I put money on the game. Um, just about. You know, it is it is what it is. Um, but I, I just think that's that's a distinction that a lot of people don't necessarily uh, – don't necessarily think about you know yeah definitely a lot more to come on the gambling and a little bit here uh, i want to make sure i touch on um a couple things quick uh one obviously uh, a couple things for hockey but as we're uh, finishing up the football here for the first part of the show derek um i know you mentioned you're on the road but uh how do you how do you feel heading into uh the bills next game here against the ravens um, well, we're not in a fucking sauna, so uh, pretty good. Um, <laughs> and we're not being stuck on the sideline that weaponizes heat against us, so uh, we should be all right. Um, no, not a fan of the Hard Rock Stadium design. No, Hard Rock Stadium can get fucking bent. Um, Didn't they have like little awnings though that players were sitting under? That Josh Allen was sitting under. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, you got to take right. care of your hundred million dollar yeah, man, yeah. but. I mean, I just, I saw it pan over. Actually, now that you say that, I saw him specifically, Mm -hmm. but I did see him sitting in the shade under. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing like, does does that actually help at that level of heat? No, it doesn't at all. No, but Josh is arguably the most active person. So if you're going to shade one person, you probably should. I completely agree with that. He gets it. But yeah. I'm also shocked, though, that like, I mean, maybe it's the humidity. I don't really know how that works. I'm not. I don't know medical shit, but like their first game of the season was in LA in a stadium that has a roof over it and no air conditioning. And I know multiple, yeah, but I know multiple people that were in there that said they were just dripping buckets of sweat, just sitting there. So it's like, I get the dry heat, not dry heat thing, but like, it was a the, it was a nighttime game, so we'll yeah. at least give them a little bit Yo, more. That fucking out, that fucking heat thing too, like the wet versus the dry heat. When it feels like hundred twenty degrees yeah. on a field, it feels like hundred twenty fucking degrees. Not, I mean, not you know only, what I'm saying. Not only that, but it's also like to play devil's advocate here. Doesn't doesn't every Buffalo fan say the same shit every year of? I want Miami to come here in December when it's 15 degrees oh, out. They will be. Players are, that's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> so, like, what's the difference? Exactly. Right? I don't think there is. They're, like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And, like, we'll get into that because I think that that's the most overrated, quote-unquote, advantage that I don't actually think is an advantage. But um, The wind, I, I can understand, maybe just know. because, like, they're not used to playing in the wind as often, like our high-powered yeah. wind. That's the one thing, but I agree with you too. Is it's not really too much of an advantage unless the game is like a complete snow out. But I like then both, say, both teams literally suffer. Then it's literally a route, a, a ground game. But I would I would kind of say that too. Like you look at a, like a lot of these NFL players, they don't live where they play, right? They live there for the season, but then they usually there. but then they usually leave. And that's my point, Benny. Right. Mm-hmm. So the majority of these guys in the NFL 
right? You look at a, at a roster, and I don't know off the top of my head with the Bills, but, like, a lot of these guys are from football hotbeds like Florida or Georgia or Texas, like places where it's hot as hell, and they grew up there. So I think that, I mean, they should be used to playing games in that heat, and that's why I don't think the cold is a big advantage like people in, uh, in northern climates like a Buffalo or a New England – you know, or a Green yeah, Bay, or a Green gonna, Bay, like to make it I, because it's not like those players grew up playing in Buffalo or Green Bay in the snow. Like they grew up playing in Florida, where it was eighty-five degrees during their high school. Games. I will say though, I think it is easier to jump from a warm climate to a cold climate in terms of playing football. Do you going, really? Yes, I think going the other way is way more hard. See, I would, like, I would I mean, argue. Think about these the other guys. Way. Think about these guys their conditioning for a much cooler climate they can like they're doing all of their conditioning you know during training camp uh in a much cooler climate and then you go down to south you know south florida and it's super hot and your body's just not used see, to being put in that position at that temperature so see, the time I mean, of training camps is in the summer right? and i would also and i would also look at it the other way too right like you to me Right. I'm thinking about anything I've done, whether, you know, sports wise over the years. And so, like, I played baseball growing up and I remember, you know, my teams, we would play up here early season when we were, quote unquote, used to it. And it would be cold out and your your arm doesn't feel great because it's cold. Your body can't get that loose. And then you go down to Florida and yeah, I'm sweating my ass off playing in the game, and yeah, it's hot, but damn, I never felt more loose in my life. I felt like I could stand on the mound and throw forever, you know? Mm. And it's like, I, I always felt it was easier to go from cold to hot than hot to cold, personally, in sports. I feel like your body just, it loosens up a little bit more with the heat. Obviously, extreme heat, you know, plays a factor. See, not I'm not for, even, I'm not, not even talking, that. I'm literally not even talking about looseness. I'm just talking about your actual, like, internal body temperature, which is what guys were dealing with. They were like, no, every time a guy went down, they were putting a hot... But at what point is that not on your your training staff too, right? Like you know the conditions you're going into, oh, trust right? Trust me, I literally, and, I was like, ready to say like, why isn't McDermott bashing heads at, I just, at his training staff? At staff Derek, at this point? bottom line, I just don't like it as an excuse. Neither do I. I don't like it either. We should have beat him no matter what. Trust me. But it's it, it's. I mean, going away from it, Miami can enjoy their Super Bowl in September. <laughs> I feel I like will, Derek's, I Derek's say, looking at this pretty like I will it's say, just a matter rather, of fact. I would rather get a loss, right? Like you'd rather lose a game, a bad loss in the beginning of the season, you know, first first five, six weeks of the season versus late in the year when you're trying to build momentum going into playoffs. Yeah. But, you know, the other side of it too is I think Bills had some injuries on defense. Absolutely. Some? Um <laughs> Yeah, no, but like they had they had injuries, but again, that's part of the game, right? Every team's gonna have to deal with that every year, some worse than others. Um, they had injuries on defense, but what I thought stood out to me is they had most of their weapons on offense, and Miami's defense I thought did a pretty good job of playing them. You know, they made like, just enough plays. You know what I mean? Like their defense, yeah. their defense played well, right? They did just enough and, in the second half to keep them off. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you know, credit where it's due to that defense. I think a, I think a healthy, a fully healthy team, you know, things are, things are probably a little, a little bit different there, but that's sports, right? Like, you know, how often yeah. in sports do you have a fully healthy team, you know, at any point? So. Yeah. It's a building loss too. Like you're going to learn from that. There's, we'll there's that. some core pieces. There's some young players that had to play a lot in that game. Like they'll be fine. You want to get a dumb loss like that under your belt early. But that's and that's also one of those things, and I think it happens less so in football than it happens in other sports, right? But us being hockey fans, like we see it all the time, right? Where a team outplays another team, but they have a really hot goaltender that night, and mm-hmm. they they steal a win, kind of. This is kind of what that felt like, right? If you look at things like it was like watching a Montreal Canadiens game two years ago in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you look at the stats. If you just put, if you blacked out the score, and you looked at just the statistics as far as you know, time of possession, yards gained, like all of that stuff, passing, rushing, whatever, you'd look at it and you'd be like, yeah, the Buffalo Bills won that football game. Mm-hmm. But you know what? that's sometimes it doesn't work like that and it's that's one of those things though where it's like it's just sports it's sports and sometimes sports don't make sense yeah. like sometimes a team wins a game and you're like how but it's all it's all it really matters right i mean it's a it's an early season win and i mean they're fine like how how sounds like me after uh, yeah. every bet i lose how could that possibly have happened? I didn't win one. Well, when, you're, when, you're quarter, when your quarterback misses an open guy and throws it into the dirt on fourth down, it doesn't help. Yeah, it's just a weird one. Get it out of the way. Move on. Sorry to everybody who actually thought they were going to fucking go undefeated, you Muppets. I don't know if anyone on the show said that. I don't think so. I think we're all a little smarter than that. Um, but, yeah, NFL's been weird. Um, Tudes, I think it might be. Put, uh, did you guys put down your bets, your live bets for the season for Miami to go undefeated yet, or what? Yes, I did actually. Okay. I, I did that. I did that at halftime actually of the game on Sunday. That's how confident I was. That's how imp- that's how much the Dolphins impressed me. Barely oh. beat, barely beat a half of a NFL defense playing like shit. It's it's whatever. Onward and upward. It sucks it was a division opponent. That's really the big takeaway. Um, you know, Micah Hyde out for the year two, things like that. Hope he gets well. That blows. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Interesting game coming up Sunday. Um, real quick, though, on the Buffalo sports topic before we switch into uh, more gambling, a little more get our picks in and stuff like that. Um very interesting one. I don't know who reported it first. I believe it was after the whistle. I saw it secondhand through the Charging Buffalo. Shout out to our friends at the Charging Buffalo there. Mr. Jared Holt. Obviously, he's always shout out to Rebay and Peters, those absolute beauties. Um, Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars seems to be that they're struggling to agree to terms on an extension. Um, are we going to are we gonna get an offer sheet here, boys? What do we think? Because um, – as reported first by after the whistle I uh, with Craig Revey and Andrew Peters, they have been told that they Sabres are essentially inquiring about Jason Robertson with the Dallas stars. Uh, Tudes, you want to start with this one as the uh, non-biased one of the two or the three in this chat here? 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you are the Buffalo Sabres, why not? I mean, Robertson is sick. That kid is so good. He's over a point a game at this point. Is he over a point a game or is he just under? He's like just under, I think. Or just under. He's been over the last, I think, like season. He's got like 125 points in like 127 or 128 games or something. So he's basically a point a game. Unbelievable player. Super young, too. Like still not even really probably at the top of his game yet. He's still getting into that. Um, And if you're the Sabres, right, right now the way I look at it is you're building towards – becoming a dangerous hockey team and you have the best pipeline in terms of prospects in the national hockey league right they've been bad for a while to get it but credit to the sabers they've done a nice job getting a lot of really high quality pieces that are coming up through their system Mm -hmm. now i understand what you're gonna have to give up to get a guy like Robertson, but to me, you already have enough prospects. You could afford to lose a couple guys. You could afford to lose a couple picks. This kid's a sure thing, right? You know what you're getting with him. You He's demonstrated that he can do it at the National Hockey League level, right? With a lot of these prospects, yeah, they have really high upside, and yes, I think a lot of them are going to turn into very nice players, but how many, if any, turn into what Robertson's already shown he is? He's a guaranteed right? top six forward. And that's, and that's the thing, right? So to me, I don't necessarily care how much you have to give up to get him because if you can put him into a lineup and then you have guys like your Tage Thompsons, your Alex Talks, you know, those type of players, he's going to fit right in. And now you've got another young stud to continue to build toward becoming a perennial playoff hockey team, right? Now, do I think do I think that fans would be a little bit upset if they give up some of these prospects or if they have to give up some picks? Always, right? You're going to have some fans that do that. I just – I can't – It's going to depend who it is too. And I can't wrap my head though around the, the idea of like not being okay with going with – the sure thing, right? Like, and if you're a Buffalo sports fan, think about it this way, right? The Buffalo Bills traded away a first round draft pick a few years ago for a guy named Stefan Diggs. How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, that first round pick turned into Justin Jefferson, who's also an absolutely elite level wide receiver. So that trade worked out and benefited both teams. Right. But to me, I'd rather have the sure thing. Like, I, you already knew that that player is that caliber, right? You didn't know whoever you were going to pick with that pick is going to turn into Justin Jefferson, you know, but you got Stephon Diggs. So yeah. you're, not, you're not mad because you got your boy. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think it could be the same yeah. thing with the Sabres, right? If you got to give away some prospects, if you got to give away like a J.J. Paterka or you got to give away some other guys, maybe some picks that, that end up being high picks, they could turn into a Jason Robertson. And in that case, cool. Both teams win. Good. But to me, I like the security of the sure thing. And, and I don't really think they should shy away from just uh, going all in at it. Yeah, because it's going to come down as to what 
and what he's category he falls into, though, because I think he probably goes in at the four first round pick level. Yep. Yeah, he would be four firsts. So it's like if it's future first round picks, sure. And then they're probably, but I mean, like it's got to stop almost about there for me. You're gonna give up a prospect, right? And you might give up like a Casey Metal stat too. Right. But it's like, who's that prospect that's already in the system that you're giving up is where Ooh. it's. So let me ask you this then, as Sabres fans, for you guys, who's a prospect in the system that is untouchable? Now, don't give me a New York Rangers list of everyone that's ever been drafted by us is untouchable. Give me like, give me like one. If you had one, or right, does it count? Does you guys? So somebody who's not gonna. So you're saying somebody in the system maybe not like Owen Power doesn't count because he's on the team. Yeah, yeah. Owen Powers on the team. I'm All right. Talk, let's let's limit it to prospects that are pr- not going to probably start the year with the Buffalo Sabers this year. Jack so I Quinn. Would, I want. You, you would. I need. You I want. I need Jack Quinn to. I, it can't be Jack Quinn. He can't be a right. Quinn. A right-handed, another right-handed sniper on the wing. Um, I honestly, I feel like to get the deal done, you're going to have to include Paterka. That's what I've been reading as what well. What about uh what about Kulik? I don't I don't I don't think so. Like not good enough? No, I, I just I don't want to give him up. I think I would yeah, just because I just... Cause I because you already have you're bringing in we have a lot of left wingers. Mm-hmm. Right, essentially. You're already you're bringing in another one or do you take like the Olafson middle stat and then another younger, I don't know, uh, Josh Bloom or something like that. Get like rid of lower than in a heartbeat for that. Yeah, because I mean, what do you give him? Olafson, Middlestat, and four first. Does that do it? That's a lot for a player, but that's um, a lot. But the four first, you have to give him just to match the, the offer sheet. I would think, right? So that's why I feel like it's got to be a trade. I don't think Is they're he a first round draft pick. Robertson. Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't get the chance to look them why up. Why is it so? Is it why is it four firsts? Um, it's, it's the asking price. No, so offer sheet compensation. Oh, it is um, through that. Okay. Yeah, because like if you're going the offer sheet up. Yeah, so then he has to be a first round draft pick if you're going to give up four, right? Yeah. Well, actually, because what do you think Robinson's going to make? He's not making – he's probably going to make around nine. Yeah. Or would you say he gets about eight? Like he's 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 in Thompson area. He's higher than Thompson, I would say, right? He could be like an eight times eight type player. All right, if he's eight times eight, if he's eight, four, and above, see, it's two first. Say like, just it's like one second. Now. Yeah, so it depends. Eight million four hundred two thousand, and but that could be the cutoff there. That's the cutoff for the um one of the tiers here. Um, so six point three to eight point four. It's one first, one second, one third. But if he's gonna be, if you're gonna offer sheet him between eight point four and ten point five, it's two firsts. One second, one third, and then ten point five and higher is where it's four firsts. 
So it would. Yeah, so he won't pass. be four first. Yeah, it's going to be oh, two first round. Okay. Yeah, so, he's not yeah. an eleven million dollar. Yeah, I do it in a second. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah. yeah. If it's I not just four. Like, yeah, I mean, it, at that point, like again, you, you got Who the can... you got the proven thing. Andy's Andy's so young, obviously being an RFA that like you're building your team. This is another type of player you would want to build a team with. Like this isn't. This isn't that veteran that you're bringing in because you think you're kind of close and he's going to mentor some young kids and teach and them how to be win. There for a year. No, this is, yeah, like this is a young kid that has the potential to be one of the cornerstones of your team for the next better part of a decade. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say too. Is that like you're one giving him the compensation of like to the team of like what he's worth, but then you're also it's like almost like a double trouble kind of thing. It's like. You're giving the compensation to the team of what he's worth, and then you also have to go and sign him to a centerpiece contract of like eight or nine million dollars. Yeah. For like seven or eight years. So it's like a double move, basically. It would Dude, be like this Robertson you're locking plus yourself. 29 yeah. with the Dallas Stars, and they stink offensively. That's pretty good. Yeah. So this he, is. He was their offense. Like, yeah, he's. Uh, Honestly, it even shocks me that, like, when I saw that report, he's a 99 that too. Even, that so. they even let him go, or they're not even getting, or they're not. Yeah. Also, to. Derek, uh, you had an earlier question. He was drafted in the second round, 39th overall. Okay. So he was early in the second round. So it's interesting. Again, I'm not that well versed on the compensation piece, but it's interesting. I like to see that. Being reported like that they're... our name tied to it, yeah, because it but makes a also, lot of sense. It's also too right, like Kevin Adams, GM, just signed an extension, and you know people are obviously excited about the things that he's been doing in his role since he's come to Buffalo. I mean, he's really, I think, done a nice job of you know writing the ship here, so to speak, and yeah, it's it's also a good confidence builder because I remember Benny talking to you probably a couple of years ago, just like at a Sabres game or just hanging out or something like that. And you were, you were saying that part of what bothered you about GMs in Buffalo in the past, or, you know, especially Botterill was always, always making the conservative play to make like the one year signing for like the mediocre veteran that could maybe, maybe be a middle six guy. And like, you know, never making a big splash or being too aggressive in free agency. And it's, it's got to be refreshing to see, right? You know, to Derek's point, even just to see their name tied to it. But then if you're going to swing and miss, you know, at least swing. That's, don't just, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, if you're going to swing and miss, like, go for it. And if, you know, I, I think it's got to be just, it's got to feel good to know, like, okay, this, this franchise is doing things to try to help us win and win faster. And if you're, if you're somebody that's on the team or you're a prospect coming up in the system, or maybe you're a free agent coming up in the next couple Mm -hmm. of years, that's what you want to see, right? Because why do I want to go to Buffalo, New York and, you know, hang out in the frozen tundra and nothing to do. not be it, not be in the big sexy city like New York or Chicago or whatever. If I don't feel like they're trying to win, but these are the type of moves that prove you're trying to win and you're trying to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. I think I think you go for it. 
I couldn't agree more. I think it'd be a great idea. I'm curious to see what Dallas's actual asking price is because I think if it happens, it's not an offer sheet. It's a straight-up trade. So, Is there risk in that, though, because – well, I guess he's still an RFA, but there's a little risk in that, right? Because then if there's a trade, you still have to if sign. You're tra- if they're going to do – if they are trading for him, they will have an extension agreement in place, I can almost guarantee you. Because if they, because that's the only way Adams is going to make the trade. That's probably most of what he's going to kick tires on. Right. If the if we don't know, say Dallas gave Robertson's agent permission to talk to teams. Yeah. That could be what that saying that they've. And if you're and if you're Dallas, Robert. at this point, if you're Dallas, why not sell high, right? Because this kid's so good, and he has such he has such a high value, but. He's not he's not making your team a contender right now because you don't have enough around him to compete at that level. Well, you got the Ben and Sagan contracts. That's and that's part, yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean at that point you might as well sell high, get as many assets as you can. They're in a different spot than the Sabres, right? Like the Here's stars the, thing, the stars have that that superstar level caliber player and they're on their way down from relevance. The Sabres are on the other side where they're trying to add those type of players, but they're on their way up and these players are what they need. Yeah. But if they get, if Dallas is getting the sense internally that he's walking, like if they're not going to agree to something, that's a, you don't want to be getting into the, that's risky waters. If you you got to make a decision because you can really quickly get caught with your pants around your ankles. If you're Dallas and you lose him for nothing. Yeah. That's true. And especially if you wait till the trade deadline, the teams can you can get you know squeezed like we did for Taylor Hall, so like, he was he stunk when he was here though, so his stock was pretty low. So whatever, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what comes of that. Um, Derek, any uh, any other thoughts on that, or uh, what do you got there, buddy? Uh, I mean, I think I just think it's a it would be a smart move. Um, I would I. Not the farm, but I'd, I'd give up a significant piece um, just because you up know, a couple, like, uh, give up a good amount of hay bales. Yeah, just what Toots was saying of like that you know that it's a guaranteed win now move rather than you take a risk on a first round draft pick or a second round and like they might not pan out and they might not pan out for three to five years at least. You know, so. Robertson's a perfect, he's a perfect illustration of that because. We just looked at it, right? He was a second round draft pick. How many like what what was his draft year? Uh, I think two thousand seventeen. Okay. So how many people in the first round of that draft class are better than him? Well, we can we can pull this up. Let's, let's, let's that's my thought, right? You're you know, if you're worried about giving away a first round pick for him. Yeah. Think about how many first round picks went ahead of him in that draft that he's better than. All right. So I'm going to scroll this list really quickly and I'm going to count how many guys I think you could argue are better than him. Okay. The fourth pick. Wow. That was a really good, really good draft year. Yeah. Did I just shoot myself in the foot by bringing this up? Because I didn't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, to put yourself, to put it in perspective, I mean, Dallas. In the first round, Tudor, Tudor, Tudor. seven guys that are better than him. Nico Tudor, Fisher they, went number one. Yeah, Tudor, I was going to say, in the, I count six. 
Okay. At, can, no, I guess, can I guess? Who, can I guess who you're counting? Sure. All right. So Heiskanen. Yeah. Yeah. Makar obviously went number four. Uh huh. Pedersen went five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolf at number eight. Sorry, Sabers. Um, yeah, we'll see. I did not like I. I'll so you said how many players? I, I just like I just gave you three. Like you said five or six. I said six, six. in the first round. That are Nick Suzuki. Better, is he, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, that yep. was that one, and these are fringe too. Nick Nick Suzuki. I think you can make an argument either way. Um, I yeah. do like Suzuki. I think he's a nice player, but I think you can make the argument that Robertson's better right now. Even though Suzuki, congrats to him, got the C in uh, Montreal. Yeah. Um, Robert Thomas? Uh, he, I, I, no, because I think they're about even, but I think Robertson's shown a little more over time. Yep. yep. I'm just, I knew he just signed a new ticket too over in uh, St. Louis. Yeah. Um, definitely, title, title definitely not. Yeah, I mean, I'll, give, I'll give it. So I did, it was for me, it was Heischer, Heisken, and McCarr, Patterson. Um, Oh, you had Heischer in there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I had Heischer in there. Yeah, I, I, would I put don't. Heischer in there. It's he's it's injuries for him though, so it's like yeah. whatever. But that's why again, and that's a soft list, and he was still not even taken in that round. Yeah. And two, he's better than two thirds of the draft essentially. That's and that was kind of my point, right? Like, yes, there are guys that are better than him that were drafted in the three first quarters round of the year, draft, but. You look at the majority of the guys that were taken ahead of him in that first round. I'm taking Robertson over them all day long. And even yeah. some of those guys that I think might be better, you can make an argument, yeah. right? Like him, him and Nick Suzuki, like that's an argument. Um, you know, so I think, I think there's, there's a, a good, a good feeling you can have if you have to give up some first round picks for a guy like that, knowing, Hey, he was a second round pick and he's already better than a lot of first round picks. Yeah. So we'll see. Cause maybe, cause I think if you do a trade, you can give them more like roster pieces. Like you can chuck Olafson in there and maybe middle stat and then, you know, two firsts and I don't know, maybe that's it. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe a, th- third or a fourth, maybe a fourth round pick throw in there, swap fourths or some shit. So yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see, but I um, yeah, definitely want to make sure we hit that. So last uh, little chunk here, it's time for the picks. Uh, Tudes, I don't know if you got to update the spreadsheet at all. I did. Um, I okay. Did. I, um, I, boys, I posted my first losing week since we've been doing this. Um, it was, it's going to happen. It was tough. Yeah. It's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I went one, I went one and four. Uh, only win was West Virginia over Virginia tech um, last week, minus one and a half mm-hmm. um, confirmed. Um, I apologize to anyone that's been listening to me um, on this journey, but um, I regret to inform you that the Texas Longhorns are indeed not back. Um, they are so not back. I will be back on my grind next year with the Texas is back crusade, but um, Until it's, next not, year. it's not this year. Um, so that one, that one sucked, you know, in overtime against Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. I saw a, yeah. clip, of, I saw a clip of their coach too, saying something like, you know, every everything goes through Lubbock, said no one ever. Yeah, um, no. So, you know, just 
horrible there. But yeah, one and four week, not great. We're back on it this week though. Um, but yeah, overall, um, through the first four weeks of college football season, um, through week four, 12 and seven record. So still respectable. Still respectable. Uh, Benny, you did, you fared a little bit better than me. I think you went two and three last week. You're, you're eight and 12 right now. So you had a tough start, but you're clawing back. Absolutely. Um, you know, you were fighting you the good fight. Been, yeah, exactly. You've been, uh, you've been resilient. And folks, that's what it's all about. I want you to understand this right now. Um, you're either hot or you're due. All right. And mm-hmm. uh, Benny, Benny was due. I was hot. Now I'm, now I'm due again. Um, so. I'm due. That wasn't a good due for me. This, this weekend's going to be the due. Um, I'm manifesting some, some good stuff. I'm due for a banger of a Saturday. You know what? I'm, I'm liking the fact there's a little earlier. I, I took uh, what I put in right now. I think I have four. I put four in earlier. This is very bad that I don't know off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did put four in for this weekend for college football. So I'll run down the list here. Um, starting it off early, um, little Thursday night college football action for those of you that don't want to wait until Saturday. Uh, BYU. Minus 24 and a half over Utah State. Mm. Now, you might ask me, Toots, that's a lot of points. Or Toots, what do you know about Utah State? The answer is, the only thing I know about Utah State is that they're 0-4 against the spread. That's right. And that's all I need to know about Utah State. Just give about. Me the, give me the Cougars, minus 24 and a half. Um, next pick that I locked in is a uh, little Friday night football. Oh, Friday, Friday how night. it starts. You, you get your yeah. off Saturdays, now you're into yeah, the other you're days. Just, you're getting you're getting ready, ramped up for the weekend here. I got Washington on the road at UCLA. Washington Huskies minus two and a half. Add it um, to my card. Really, really love that. Washington beat the brakes off Michigan State a couple weeks ago. Washington's looking really good. They've been very good. I think they're 4 0 against the spread this year. They are 4 0 against um, the spread. So, Washington, you know, we're going to ride that. We're going to ride that uh, that horse. There. Michael Penix um, Jr., right? Indiana transfer. Yep, absolutely. Lighten it um, up. You know, next one, we got a little SEC matchup down south. Uh, just your classic Saturday noon college football kickoff. You know, I'm going to a wedding Friday night, you know, wake up a little bit hungover, turn on college game day, watch a little midday SEC action. Uh, Kentucky plus seven over mm. Ole Miss. They're on the road at Ole Miss. You're giving me a full touchdown for Kentucky. I'm taking the Wildcats plus seven there. Um, and the last one, um, this one is uh, also Saturday, 3.30 matchup. Um, ACC game, the oh boy. much improved Florida State Seminoles at home. They're giving seven points to Wake Forest, and I am taking Wake Forest plus seven on that on that game. Hmm. Uh, Florida State, they're much better than they have been the last couple seasons. I understand that they're playing also, that in Florida State with this they're hurricane. Playing it, they're playing it, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see if that if that yeah. you know happens. But I just think that Wake Forest. I mean, every game they play just turns into just a shootout. It's an absolute 
um, track meet back and forth. And I just think Florida State, like they're getting a little bit of love right now and they get they have the, uh, you know, obviously the favored line at home. And I don't know. I like I like Wake Forest in this game. They, they lost in overtime to Clemson. Right. Uh, you know, and that's that's a tough one. They, they're going to be looking to rebound from that. And I just think that, you know, they're they're a team that can do it. They won the ACC last year, uh, or they were in the ACC championship, rather, I believe. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Give me give me Wake Forest uh, plus seven. I like both of those last two games. Just you know, if you're going to give me plus a touchdown on a team that I think is a pretty solid team, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I feel like I should go next because I have the opposite of that last pick. Um, Ooh, I've got Florida State minus seven on that one. Um, All right, little pissing contest here on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, head to head. I've been tallying Tudor's picks. That's for sure. Um, Both teams are three and one against the spread, so that was kind of a crapshoot. Went with the upper-handed team and the home, uh, the home turf. Uh, advantage on that. Okay. Uh, Tudor's got some good points there. That one could go either way, I think. Um, so, and then the other one that I have, um, I had it earlier a little bit different, uh, but the line has moved and we will lock, I locked it in just now at, uh, we've got Baylor versus Oklahoma State uh, mm. at over 57 points. Um, I think that's going to be a complete shootout of a game. Uh, both teams are playing pretty well. Uh, I think that's going to be a, just a, a real good game. Um, and then we have our third one is going to be Kansas plus three on that. Um, home dog. Home dog. Uh, 4-0 against the spread. Plus three, 4-0 against the spread. Yep, that's pretty much where I was going with that. Um, and then my last one. My last one is the pick of the year so far. Oh, we got a pick of the year on the show. Let's and go. And I am, and it's so, so, so perfect that you're wearing the Bama hat there, Benny. I'm ah. taking my Arizona, I mean, my uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. He doesn't back. even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arkansas Razorbacks at plus 17 and a half. They played a very good game against Texas A&M last week. An absolute heartbreaker of a loss with the doink off the top of the – Didn't Texas uh, A&M lose to like a modified school like two weeks ago? Appalachian State's good. Take it easy. They lost to George Mason. They didn't cover against George Mason. Appalachian State's no slouch. That offense is ridiculous. Let's give App State some credit where credit's due there. Those boys have been uh, those boys on one this year. Seventeen seventeen is a lot of points. Um matchup and Arkansas has home field advantage. I just I will will say though, Nick Saban dominates Arkansas. Who fucking cares? You don't you don't get rich betting against Nick Saban. That's that's always that's always always the conundrum. That's always my philosophy with Alabama. Because I feel like he's just been stoking over there, just waiting, just being like wanting like a real matchup, and this is it. These these motherfuckers, okay? They're they're saying that that spread, all right? It's too damn big. So everybody's on the Razorbacks. What are y'all gonna do about that? That's the kind of shit that I feel like Saban's going to get in their fucking head. So that's always what worries me. But I do like the Arkansas pick. Just one time, I want to hear a college football coach or an NFL coach 
I want to hear them reference the spread as like a sign of disrespect. Like I want to hear them I talk would do about it. I want to I want to hear them talk about it in like a pregame speech or something, right? If they're like, you know, like if you're if you're Wake Forest going on the road this week and it's plus seven, I want their coach to be like, yeah, plus seven, they're favored. Go shove it up their ass or something, and then just oh, yeah. absolutely light them up. Like I would love to hear it. I don't even care about the crossover between that that stuff. You know, we all like to pretend. Steve Spurrier that, was good at that. Yeah, like we all like what to if pretend heard a that coach, they don't know what's going on. What but. if you heard a coach that was pro betting and he just went into the locker room and was like, you know, guys, they got us as the underdogs at plus seven, you know, plus three gets us a win. Let's go. <laughs> See, that that I wouldn't like only because – guys lose by a field I, goal, we win. Then I think you're <laughs> – then I think you're crossing over into that like ethics territory no, of like yeah, sure, of like yeah. fixing a game, but at the same time, they all know. They all right? know. Like everybody knows, especially now, right? You turn on ESPN, they have the the gambling lines on the side of the screen and, and things right. like that. So everybody knows at this point. But um yeah, I, I'd like to see uh Yeah, I usually I'd keep like to these see it. I usually keep these ones at a nice little one-unit play, and uh, we're, we're going to toss two on on our our uh, woo pigs. Uh, I might I might be a rider for a couple of these picks for you boys. Um, we'll see what see how I'm feeling in the morning on Saturday. Benny, give me give me the slate you got. You said it's going to be a clean sweep this week. Yeah, um, this I feel like I want to jump into uh, my Stu Feinert impression, but I'm not going to do that. The three and oh, three and oh, three and oh, doing all that kind of stuff. But we're going to sweep it. Um, let me pull it up here. I went surgical this week. I have no NFL picks. I'm going no NFL picks. Smart man. My my three picks for the weekend here for college football. The first one. Um, also looking at the Ole Miss Kentucky game. I am going over 54 in that one. I think that line's going to keep moving. Um, I would bet that anywhere up until 56 and a half. I would say that'd be probably my cutoff. Um, good amount of movement. 55 and a half somewhere in there. Um, but I would, I probably, if this, does, if this stays below, um, you know, it stays below like 57, I'm going to bet it. I would say, um, I want to see the clipboard flying from Lane Kiffin. Um, I think he's been waiting to get, get it really dialed in there. I love that guy. Kentucky's rolling. They're both, both teams feel they have a point to prove. It's a big sec matchup. So, um, Normally, I feel like you think that's going to be a lower scoring game, but I like how both of these offenses, you know, kind of set up. So I am going to go with the over 54. I think it's low enough number. Um, pick number two, we're going to go Oregon State plus 10 and a half. Um, I looked at this earlier, so I already forgot who they are playing, but I believe it is. God damn it. Anticlimactic. Son of a bitch. I hate when I do this. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we're taking uh, Oregon State plus 10.5. They are – god damn, on the spot, can't find it. I always think – I always go to OSU, and I'm like, oh, there it is. Wait, no, it's not. Oregon State plays Utah. Number, oh, yeah. tw- number 12, Utah this week. I like that, 4-0 against the spread there. Yes, Benny. that's the other one. They're 4-0 against the spread. Um, 10 is a juicy number. Yeah, that that getting ten with a hook. Oh, there it is. It's two o'clock. That's why I kept scrolling past it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
So, I mean, obviously Utah had that big uh, letdown against uh, – who did the hell did they play early on? Week one, I had Florida against them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. They lost um, at Florida. Florida. Yeah, they so lost they kind of got off to a weird start there. And but then beat um, the piss out of Southern Utah, 73 to th- yeah, 73 they, to yeah. 7. Yeah, yeah I bet a lot of teams have a tough time with Southern Utah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, Oregon State—they've been offer. some like walk-on linebacker from Southern Utah is about to be in my DMs trying to fight me. Yeah, exactly. The uh, but yeah, for this one, it's pretty simple for me. Derek mentioned it. Own or four and zero against the spread. Um, they've been an underdog quite a bit too for those covers. So um, I think it's a position they're used to being in going into hostile territory, but um, you know, I've, I've been seeing some good things from that offense and obviously it shows when you can cover four straight games against the spread, you, you got a little advantage there. So I'll be taking the Oregon state Beavers plus 10 and a half. I like that all the way up to probably even, you know, nine, you know, even if you're getting into, I honestly, all the way up to seven and a half. As long as you get a touchdown, basically. As long as I get a touchdown, I'm cool with it. But um, obviously locking that ten and a half because I think that one's going to move too. Uh, final pick. This is my uh, this is my lock for this one. Um, again, I brought them up. They they got me. They took care of me last week. Uh, Minnesota is uh, getting. They are laying 12 and a half points this week. They are, um, again, a top five in both offense and defense in the country. You can argue they haven't played anybody, but I think this is a big spot for them. They're at home. Um, and, you know, they, they're going to have a point to prove because I think Derek or uh, Tudes, like you were saying about, you know, do they know the lines and all this stuff? They they know what they're up against. They know what people are saying. They are also 4-0 against the spread. They are laying 12.5 points at home to the Purdue Boilermakers. Over-under on that game right now is 52. But um, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, you still have to focus and play against bad teams. You don't want to play down to the competition. I think that's easy, easier said than done a lot. So I think at home that crowd's going to be fired up to – to see their team, you know, really get a, you know, step up in competition and beat the shit out of them. And uh, there's, there's keep... some sharp, there's some sharp money on Purdue that game. So I'll be interested. Yeah. I, I like the number for Minnesota. And I think the sharp money's coming in because there's that thing of Minnesota hasn't played anybody, but I don't think it, it'd be different for me if they consistently weren't in the top five in the nation for offensive defense. I understand because you're still putting in backups at certain points by some of these margins that they're winning and they're continuing to play and execute. Yeah. Simple as that for me. So we're going to take a stab at Minnesota golden Gophers minus 12 and a half at home to Purdue. Those are my three picks this week, folks. Um, oh I'll be, and I will be the first one to say it. You're a fucking dummy. If you bet Michigan this week, they're frauds. <laughs> we all know it. Every year they're frauds. It's a bad, it's a, I just, and terrified of Iowa, and I feel like the first Big Ten matchup of the year against Iowa is just trap game central. Iowa is your grandfather's football yeah. team. Yeah. Iowa, Iowa, pail, Iowa, white bread, points. white bread in the lunch pail, wrapped in a brown paper bag. You know, bringing the bringing the thermos. I put your pants on one leg at a time. Run the football down your throat. Play defense. You know, I, honestly. There's the I can play quarterback. I could play quarterback at Iowa. You know what I tune into an Iowa football game for? 
is to, to get to get well-eyed when they do the turnaround and wave at the kids when they're at home in the children's hospital. That's the most exciting thing you will see at a Iowa football game. It's just that's one of the coolest traditions in college football, and it's got nothing to do with the game essentially because you will yes, get that. you, you will do fall asleep essentially. It is a home game, so, so you'll, you'll get that. There you go. Um, Love that. But, no, I just think I think I almost I was very tempted to actually almost put Iowa in my list because um, they are giving plus eleven on that one, and I personally could see Iowa losing by like three or four points. Yeah. So we'll see. I still think Michigan's going to win. <laughs> They'll win. They just won't cover. They just won't Michigan cover. Does. No, there's no chance. 11 points uh, first Big Ten matchup of the year is kind of gracious. I just don't think that uh, that they're going to end up hitting that. I feel like it might end up – I feel like a lot of people are going to take that because it is a trap game. Like a lot of people are going to – so I think Iowa's line will move down to like 10, 10 and a half. Yeah. I don't know. I still think if I was going to bet it all, I'm betting on Michigan because – Blake Corn. So well, anyway. yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bet on them, no doubt. Yeah. But like I'm just not gonna I don't think they're gonna cover the spread this week. Yeah, so we'll see. That's all I got, gentlemen. Another great episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh hope you all have winning bets. Uh, if you're telling, we appreciate it. Um we're right in the ship here. Really starting to get surgical. Um hopefully we can figure out some NFL shit, but again, too, we're gonna have hockey back soon. So um obviously more to come on that we'll be back next week for another brand new episode thanks for tuning in everybody have a good rest of the week go bills go sabers later